They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening. You're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. Joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Steve Tancock, unfortunately, can't be with us tonight. He's uh, he's feeling a little bit under the weather, but he has provided us with his thoughts on what has been quite a busy week in the world of news for Somerset County Cricket Club. Uh, what was first? Maddie Renshaw? Sorry, that noise was just me telling me that I should be recording a podcast. I'll dismiss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what was it? Monday night we had a tease that we had a new signing on the way and then all was revealed get me days mixed up now but irrespective of that Maddie Renshaw's on his way back and I think that can only be considered a good thing Yeah, I think so um, He did pretty. He did very well in 2018 three centuries um, averaged over 50 He is a bit of a dasher um, he'll certainly bring some, some style to the top of the uh, the order for Somerset. How much solidity he'll bring, I'm not entirely sure. He does like going out after the ball outside the off stump, like a lot of left-handers. He was caught several times at second slip back in uh, back in 2018. But he's a, he's a really nice bloke. He fitted in well, and I think it's a good signing. What do you reckon, Dan? He's been batting down at five for Queensland in recent years. So do you think we'll open with him? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, the opener is the natural spot in our side that's sort of vacant, isn't it? Um, mm. If he bats at five, it sort of means that you know we'll have to sort of go back towards green opening again with Lamb and B, presumably. It sort of opens up more questions, really. Um, opening is where we've sort of struggled in the last few years. Um, so... I assume he'll open, but I suspect it's been agreed by by him and and the management. Um, it might also come down to where Renshaw thinks is the best place for him in terms of getting into the Australia side, um, because obviously you know their mid law is pretty sealed up at the moment with Head and Labuschagne and and obviously Steve Smith. Um, but obviously they've their opening openers have, their openers have changed uh, in the Ashes. Obviously Marcus Harris hasn't done too well, so he might see the opening spot as being a better spot for him to target um, so yeah I, I hope he opens I think that helps us more and obviously that's where he scored those runs for us in 2018 um, and did so well then um, I think I think obviously in 2018 he probably overperformed so I don't think we can expect him to be that good again and he probably you know he was he was he was probably at his ceiling um, then I, I don't think he'll be that he'll be that good again I think it'd be unreasonable to expect that of him but um, if he can average 40 I think we'd all take that um, because you know we, we all know how how our top order has struggled in recent years. I think if anybody could average forty, would we'd take that. You certainly would. <laughs> Nobody else has averaged forty for Somerset in the last no. two seasons. Thirty five <laughs> might take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according to reports, he's he's calmed down a bit. He was he was a type of fellow who was bouncing off the walls when he was here a few mm. years a, a, a few years back, but uh, got married. He's settled down a bit. He's not quite as mad as a box of frogs anymore, but uh, still, by all accounts, a lovely guy. So, looking forward to seeing seeing Matty Renshaw. Um, I think he will open the batting just purely because that's where we need to sign somebody. We don't need to put somebody else in our already congested middle order when we're 
potentially looking to be leaving out players like Lewis Goldsworthy and Tom Banton from potentially what would be our first choice lineup. So he's got to be slotting in at the top of the order, um, potentially with, with Tom Lamanby. Great signing though. So that was a lovely yeah. uh, uh, a lovely surprise to wake up to on, uh, what was it, Tuesday morning. I did think Ben was being very cute with the number of underscores mm. on the fake hashtag because it was, it was exactly eight. And I thought, I thought, I thought Ben would be, you know, pretty specific with that sort of thing. But uh, unless you were calling it M Renshaw, it wasn't. I did think it might be Azza Ali, which did match exactly eight characters. And I was going through all sorts of combinations of Dean Elgar with Noe and things like that to try and get it to fit. But yeah, great news! Welcome back to uh, the Cooper Associates County Ground to Maddie Renshaw, and he's bringing with him news that broke today. His Adelaide Strikers colleague, rumoured in the cricketer, quashed by Jason Kerr to my very face at the members' lunch in November as being just that a rumour, rekindled by uh, Steve Kirby to Anthony a couple of weeks before we recorded our last podcast, and now confirmed this morning it was it was still eight characters in the uh, in the tees. So P Siddle. After the uh, the winter of rumours, is on his way to Taunton as well. County Championship winner with Essex. He can. I'm gonna wonder if him and Jack Brooks are gonna set up the uh, the over 35s County Championship winners section <laughs> in the dressing room <laughs> just to have that all to themselves. Um, experience signing, a bit different from Marchant, who we'll we'll get onto a bit later, but a proven performer, uh, Dan. Yeah, I mean. Uh, he's a very good player. I mean, you may have seen my tweets earlier. I'm not. I'm not. Not, not got any quibbles with him in terms of his quality. Um, and he's exactly the kind of bowler that will succeed in English, English conditions. And he has done many times. He's still continues to produce in the Sheffield Shield. Um, it's just the one thing that the one concern I've. Well, I've got two concerns really. One of them is that he doesn't necessarily provide us extra depth because we've already got Delanger and therefore we can only play one of him and Delanger at any one time anyway. So at the end of last season, we had that problem where we were missing Craig and Gregory. Everyone, you know, the bowling attack in general, struggled. Um, the problem is that Siddle can come in, but Delanger has to drop out. And we still have that problem with Brooks and Aldridge and Leonard still needing to do a, quite a big job, which is potentially fine, but they just need to step up. You know, Brooks particularly, I think. He's, he's experienced. He, he disappointed, I think, all of us. Um, towards the end of last season, to be honest. I mean, uh, he's a great guy and uh, we all like him, but he did struggle, didn't he, at the end of last season. So we need, we'll need him to step up. Um, so it's just, it was a slightly odd one for me. I was expecting a domestic bowler, if anything, although that's easier said than done, signing a quality domestic bowler, because a domestic bowler would genuinely give us that flexible extra depth. But an overseas means that actually... We've got Delang and Siddle can't play both of them at the same time unless you drop Renshaw. So then, that, and that's probably not going to happen. So it's, it was an odd one for me. And then the other, the other slight concern I've got is that this now means we won't get a another overseas for the T20. I assume because it means that Siddle and Delanger are our two T20 overseas players. Renshaw will also be registered but not playing. So I don't think we're going to sign. Well, we might, but it's whether we can sign a fourth overseas player deregister Renshaw during the T20s and have an extra T20 player sort of available um, because it's just that w weird situation now we've got 
two overseas pace bowlers for the T20, which neither, we don't really need both of them in that format. We've got Overton, we've got Davey, we've got Brooks as other options. And really, I thought that a, an opening batsman was was really the the vacancy in that side. You know, we saw how well Conway did for us last season, particularly when we were missing other guys. Um, you know, when we, we missed Banton, for example, we missed Gregory, we've had Abel injured, but Conway held the side together, really. So we won't have that insurance next year in having an, an overseas opener. I don't think it would be Conway, because I think because of the New Zealand series. Um, so I'm just slightly concerned that the, the T20 might, we might struggle a little bit more just to get through in the T20. And, you know, I, I would be a lot more confident in the T20 if we had another overseas batsman. Um, it's just, I think I think we're potentially, I don't know like shooting ourselves in the foot, but I think T20 is the competition we are most likely to win next year. I think we've got a better chance of winning that than the Championship or the One Day Cup. But we're not giving ourselves the best possible chance of winning it by not signing another overseas batter. Um, that's my concern there. Um, so it's, it's all right, yeah, then I'll jump in. That was probably about 25 minutes on. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Siddle there. Um, one of the things that Andy Harry said at the, the Members' Day uh, God, what was that? yesterday was that one of the things that they were really looking for in an overseas was the continuity of, of getting a guy over for a really, really long period of the summer. Um, so that kind of uh, eliminates any any Indians, uh, South Africans or New Zealanders. So going outside of that, they're, they're going to be thin on the ground. So I think in Siddle and Renshaw, you've got, one, you've got a known quantity in Matt Renshaw, you know, fits in with the guys and knows them. And second with Peter Siddle, you've got a really experienced international performer, proven international performer, who's played in county cricket and knows how to win the county championships, Skipper. So... If you're, if those are your kind of your criteria that you need a guy for the whole summer, I think Siddle ticks most of those boxes. Yeah, I think arguably as well. Our, you know, our weakness in in T Twenty cricket is with the bowling rather than the um, rather than the batting. You know, I think we got we got almost an embarrassment of riches when it comes to to batting with um, Lamanby and and Banton. Um, James Rue is coming on really well. Will Smead, you know, we need to keep playing him otherwise he'll be off to Edgbaston. Uh, George Thomas made a you know really good start last season you got to Tom Abel and, and James Hildreth and Lewis Gregory and hopefully Craig Overton if he's not with with England you know I don't think there's much problem with the batting I think we've got a strong enough batting unit but um, you know as, as was shown in the in the final against Kent you know we, we can't contain with the ball and I think Peter Siddle will be a real asset there and if you know if March and Delange can produce for Somerset the sort of form he's shown for one or two other <laughs> sides, either out in Abu Dhabi or in the um, in the in the hundred, then he could be a force uh, as well. So you know, I, I think we you know, I, I I like I like the idea of signing a batsman and a bowler rather than rather than two two batsmen. And I don't think there'll be a fourth uh, overseas player. I'm not sure they can afford it apart from anything else. Um, and and uh, you know Renshaw is is a, a perfectly good T Twenty batsman. You know he can he can whack it with the with the best of them. So I think it's uh, you know, I, th I think we've we've got a good chance. I think my worry is you know about the younger players. You know these up and coming players like Rue and 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 Smead and with the bowlers. You know Sonny Baker, assuming he gets fit again after that back injury, which was really worrying with him coming back from the um, under nineteen. World Cup with that, 
Um, they'll get their chance in the Royal London One Day Cup as well, but I'm not sure if they're as good as they seem to be. I'm not sure they're going to be satisfied with that. And we do need to be giving the younger players the chance to to break through on the big on the big stage. Yeah, I mean, I think at, at 37, um, Peter Siddle is probably not going to play every championship game. Um, Lewis Gregory isn't going to need to be handled with kid gloves with his bad back. So again, yeah. probably not going to be relied upon to uh, do a lot of a lot of donkey overs. And you know, you'd probably what say 15 overs a day max for Lewis. So that is it is going to leave you with opportunities for those those guys to come in. I mean, you that. That trio of, of old Ned Leonard, uh, Sonny Baker, and um, uh, Casey Aldridge—they're going to get opportunities through the season. Um, I think. Well, you've got Josh Davy as well. You know, it's yeah. hard to see. You know, uh, I mean, they, they can't, as, as you were saying, they can't play um, Delanger and Sybil in the, in the in the same team. But you know, Delanger really wasn't very impressive in in the county championship last season we weren't very impressive in the T20 either but you know he can do it we, we've seen him do it um, but I think he's more likely to, to make a big telling contribution in in white ball cricket than um, than red um, so you know I think certainly for the first six games of the season before there's any England queries coming in you know the attack will be Gregory Overton Davy, Leach and Siddle and I think that you know that's that's a useful looking uh, attack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think uh, and you know with the bat batting strengthened, if only the, you know the young players, the Lamanbees and Bartlett's and Banton and, and Co. If they can fulfil their potential, um, then you know we've got a really good chance. The, my big disappointment about this week's announcements is that they didn't include, as far as I know, Shep, unless Handy Hurry told you differently on Thursday night they didn't include a batting coach at the moment we ain't got one because Jim Troughton's gone uh, no he uh, didn't mention anything about a batting coach although um, I did see a couple of players working on their batting in the indoor school um, when I was up there doing? for the members day yesterday range hitting uh, no, no no quite the opposite in fact so um, well let's go through it uh, from the start so uh, let's get all my Couple of notes um, from what I wrote down from you, so I should have this open. Um, so we started first. Uh, so it was sort of started off in the county room, and it was absolutely packed. There was probably between sort of two, two hundred and fifty, three hundred people there. So really, really well supported. Um, started off. Uh, Spencer did a bit of a Q and A with Tom Abel. Um, he mainly talked about um, his knee's going to be absolutely fine for the season. He probably could have gone to the PSL at a push, but decided not to to a to not risk his knee because he's probably sort of ninety nine percent fit. But wants to you know cross the t's and dot the i's and make sure he's ready for the season. So he didn't really feel there'd be much uh, benefit going off to the PSL. Um, talked about the September to forget last year, uh, put that down partially but not wholly to, um, how did he phrase it, it was, so they've got, they just said that they've got a very young and very tight squad and that was disrupted with players going off and coming back to the 100 and then just maybe wasn't the maturity in the squad to sort of deal with that and, and come back and perform in September so uh, said they had frank conversations about, about that. 
uh, to try and make sure that doesn't happen next year. I'm not sure if that involves banning our players from going to the 100 or not. I would hope it does, yeah, but I, I very, very much doubt it. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, he talked about how they're kind of approaching their training this year, particularly from batting-wise. Uh, so they basically what they're trying to do is concentrate on getting the guys in for two, two-and-a-half-hour net sessions. So similar sort of number of balls being faced but um at a sort of a lower intensity but for longer to try and replicate what's going on in um in a first class match basically so you have to bat you know if you're going to bat in a first class match you have to bat for a day you bat in three two hour periods so that's kind of what they're trying to replicate with the guys um and then we went for a little wander around uh had a look up in uh, got toured through all the the posh bits in the 1875 club um, there was about 60 to a group uh, where Ben took us up to the media centre on the, on the very top floor that Marcus just got it. That was fun, about 60 people all in mass trying to social distance, <laughs> shuffling up and down through all the uh, scorebooks. Polly was up there as well and in through all the very the various things. The, uh, the How's That Train Nation Wheel of Fortune was up there. Um, I didn't spin it again because I didn't want to try uh, try my luck again. Um, but yeah, very cool, very good, very interesting stuff. Um, got up to go up to the mezzanine floor to watch a few of the guys training. Um, this will please you immensely, Anthony. George Bartlett was batting. He's not batting. What was his guard? He's got well. I didn't see him take guard as much, but I could see quite a bit of his off stump. When he was uh, when he was having his trigger movement, so so that was all good. Uh, I did. He, uh, you know, I got very shy. His roll off was in there. He was practicing his uh, roll off was practicing going from Yorkers to length to Yorkers to length um, for whiteboard games. Um, but yeah, quickly about about Georgie, I was able to stand sort of right behind him. He looked he looked in very good order. Um, uh, the, he was having the dog stick, and it's amazing. That he was guy was making these dot this the dog stick just do massive away away swing so it would have been interesting just to see him facing the what ball. was he playing though was he playing defensive shots or attacking shots yeah i think they were in, in a sort of a red ball net mode so he was just you just playing the ball on its merit so quite a few leaves just little tucks off the hip uh the odd the odd uh off drive okay, occasional forward defensive shot uh, one or two maybe Actually moving his feet. <laughs> maybe one, he was moving his feet he said he was uh, he was concentrating because they had a they had a radio mic down there, so they were kind of going round and um, and asking all the players what they were doing. And uh, yeah, George basically said he wants to get his trigger movement in earlier, so he's not on the move while the ball comes down, which is sounds like an eminently sensible thing to try and do. Um, he wasn't getting really far across to off stump. I tried to get his yeah, his head was more or less in line with off stump, so he was looking in, in good order. Uh, ben Green was having a, the bowling machine with Greg Kennis. I didn't get to see much of what he was doing, uh, and then Steve Davis came in and was just sort of doing some very basic keeping fundamentals. Um, and we wandered back in. I had a little look around the museum and uh, the Miller Chapman Hall shop. Uh, came in. We got our fixtures a little bit earlier, so. Uh, well, I say yeah, I say earlier, <laughs> ten minutes earlier when they're two months late isn't <laughs> isn't particularly uh, um, advantageous. But uh, yeah, so we had a, uh, a little bit of lunch, um, which I guess uh, so we're outsourcing our catering now. So they all came in and they had sort of mini versions of everything uh, they were eating. So yeah, free food that was all, all very nice, all very good. Um, 
the uh, I forget who he was, but he was a representative of the caterers. Um, and, and bless him, he came in and um, he said, "I'm not much of a cricket fan, and I'm a very nervous public speaker, but." Um, I've, I've, uh, I've, my one of my friends told me this story about your great Somerset batsman Viv Anderson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was a footballer for Man United and Arsenal in the eighties, Dan. about, <laughs> yeah. So sort of, and it was, was it, it first, was the story about it's round and red. You know, what it looks like go and fetch it. He was the first black one. player to play for England, wasn't he, Viv Anderson? I think he might have been. I think yeah. he was might have been the first yeah. to transfer from Arsenal to Man United, or the other way around as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so everybody looked up. Did he say Viv Anderson? Yeah, I think he did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> full, uh, full box for uh, for trying anyway. Um, uh, yeah, and then we had uh, Andy Hurry. Um, he just um, he kind of talked about a few of the other things that that uh, that Abe's talked about. Really, the did he talk about? Did he use the word learnings? <laughs> We've had some learnings. This uh, non-word, this non-word, which has appeared in two, at least two <laughs> statements from Andy Hurry. I've, I've, I've emailed Ben and Spencer and asked them please to expunge it from his vocabulary, along with the bloody wyvern. <laughs> oh, you took the words right out of my mouth, Gibbo. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I can't remember him using the words uh, learnings. learnings. But uh, yeah, so what have we got? Yeah. Um, the, the correct word is lessons, actually. But there you are. I, I should have used some punctuation here. I'm trying to work it out. Right, I'll just go right. So uh, they're off to the UAE for a bit of a pre-season, um, and then they've got three pre-season games in March, which are going to sort of build in intensity. So I think it will be the same as last year, didn't they? They had one against Gloucester that was pretty much a, a will bat for a day, you'll bat for a day. Mm. And then we'll go home. And they had a two-day game, which was a bit more intense, and then a three-day game. They finished with Glamorgan in a three-day game, and I think just before that was Worcester in a three-day game, and they were a bit more intense. Before that was a two-day against Gloucester and a two-day against Worcester, and also there was a couple of T20s against Gloucester. But yeah, the two two-days yeah. were less intense, and then yeah, yeah. So that's what they're going to do this year. Um, Reiterate what um, Abe said about they want to bat for longer periods of time, and they're reflecting that in how they're training. Uh, recruitment's getting harder and harder. The international schedule is causing an issue because, because of COVID over the last uh, year and a bit, the, there's a backlog of fixtures sort of piling up now. So the availability of your international players is uh, becoming less and less. Uh, he said, uh, as I said before, he wants a player for as much of the season as possible. Um, and he just thanked the supporters, um, emphasised that you know there's a real connection between the players and the supporters. And the members, uh, they really appreciate it. And his game, which he is looking forward to the most this season, Spencer asked him, when you look at the fixtures, what's the one game you look for? And can't wait for Essex at home, as I'm sure we can't either. Mm. That's Easter weekend, yeah. isn't it, as well? In the it is Easter weekend. Yeah. And I'm on in holiday. Mm. I'm in Tenerife until the 16th. So... Potentially driving back, I need to remember to take my membership card with me because then I could just swing back via from Bristol Airport and uh, yeah, last just day. rock up at the county ground. Yeah, so maybe mm. uh, see that this is one of those things that that potentially your wife doesn't understand you wanting to do after being on holiday for a week, wanting to get home, wanting to get unpacked. C can I just? Could you just drop me at Taunton? I'll get the train home maybe, or we could all stay there for a day. <laughs> 
it all it all depends if we play, well, if we play on a similar style wicket. Must have a very the... forgiving wife. Oh, you don't know the you don't know the half of it, Gibber. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, if we play on a pitch like we did in 2019, it could be all over in two days. But um, general fixture yeah. conversation then. So we start at the Aegeus Bowl, mm. where we uh, we, we... we start away and finish away, which is a bit, mm. you know, I don't know. But I think I. I'm happy with the fixture list, uh, you know, given the constraints, given the hundred and the and the London One Day Cup having to be played in parallel with that, um, and at least you know the blast is in is in a block. I think, um, and the county championship, we've got uh, the four counties that we've only got one game against mm-hmm. are quite well balanced. We've got uh, Lancashire away and Yorkshire at home. They're the two strong counties that we yeah we've only we got play Yorkshire twice, don't we? Yeah, we played Gloucestershire, Hampshire, Essex, Surrey and Warwickshire twice. Um, Gloucestershire are going to be tough, Hampshire will be tough, Essex will be tough, Surrey will be tough and Warwickshire will be tough. Correct. Um, <laughs> Lancashire will be tough, Yorkshire, mm, question mark, we ought to beat them really given their, their problems. And then we got Northampton and Kent who are probably the two weakest sides in the first division. We're only playing them Only them playing once. them once. Yeah, once is... home and once away. I think my, my problem with the fixture list is if I was a member of Somerset County Cricket Club, I'd be pretty fed up with the fact that there are only two county championship games between the beginning of June and the end of August. You know, and and mo- a lot of the cricket that is played then will be T20 in the evenings. So, you know, in the, at the height of summer, the county ground under a blazing sun will be empty. And I know it's you know it's not Somerset's fault. It's it's the fixture list that we've been landed with by the ECB. But it does seem to me to be you know an awful chain shame for people you know for supporters who love county cricket, four day cricket, as opposed to the one day stuff. And I think they're you know they're being pretty much shortchanged with the fixture list uh, as it is. And I sincerely hope that what Neil Snowball of the ECB has been hinting that there's going to be a big change next year. Let's hope that that really does come to pass and, and we get some more four-day cricket at, at the height of summer, not just for the purposes of producing cr- cricketers for England, although that, that's important, but for the benefit of all of the people who pay their membership subscription year after year after year, look forward to seeing lots of, of four-day cricket on, in the sunshine at the height of the season and at the moment can't. So that that's that would be my grumble about it. But again, I don't blame Somerset for that. That's what we landed with. So what was that fella's name from the ECB, Gabo? Neil Snowball. With He's a name all right. like that, no wonder he doesn't want cricket played He's... in the summer. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> well, yeah, quite. We haven't got a ch- Snowball's chance in hell of getting a decent. <laughs> but uh, no, he was he was chief executive at, at, War- at Warwickshire, and a very good one. And uh, he's one of the forces for good uh, in the ECB. And I think there are just signs that of uh, a change of heart. Um, you know, Harrison is 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 on his way as as well. And after you know the 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 silver lining, if there is one, to the Ashes debacle, is that realization that there's been too much emphasis on white white ball cricket and not enough on red ball cricket especially at times of the year when batsmen can expect to score some decent runs and spin bowlers and fast bowlers will be brought into the game as well yeah um again for me every year 
the first thing I do is when I uh, look at the fixture list is what's going on in September. The school holidays are finished. You've got kids enthused from maybe having played their first season of um, junior softball cricket or whatever. Club cricketers have finished playing on Saturdays and now have those free. And how much weekend cricket have we got? None. The None. square root all of fuck on, all. Yeah, they're starting on Monday and Tuesday, aren't they? It's just well, absolutely. You know what I'm going to now say? Oh, they're all under one day cup. That's it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not justifying it, but the reason is is there's three finals in September, and that is the Hayward Flint final on a Sunday, the 25th, the Royal London final on sun, Saturday, the 17th, and I'm guessing the hundred final will be Saturday, the 3rd of September. Those finals, unfortunately, have a knock-on effects, and they cause the championship games to be put in midweek. It's just the way it is with those finals, I think. It's the same every time. Mm. The Blast finals day, when that's in September, that causes knock-on effects, and it, it's, it's, it is very difficult to sort of have everything, like all finals on weekends, and then have championship games on weekends either side of it, because then you get a big gap where there's nothing sort of for, mm. for quite good, a while, then. like those weekdays. It, it, it does create a snowball effect and i've tried to schedule this myself boom, boom. On, you know boom, boom. Myself, <laughs> and it's it's it is difficult to make a schedule and to please everyone but yeah i i do i do sympathize with the point entirely like it it is re- very frustrating and i think it's throughout the season i think a lot of people have got quibbles with the amount of weekend cricket you know after is it after may there's I think there's a certain date where after which there's no more weekend cricket at the county ground, or maybe it's just there's, there's one. In, there's a Sunday at the county ground in the Royal London Cup in August. There's yeah, a couple of on the fourteenth. Um, Somerset Surrey, twelfth of June is the last Championship day at Taunton and on a weekend, um, and that's twelfth of June. So it yeah. is very early for the final Championship weekend day of the season. You know, it's. But again, it is partly knock-on effects from other stuff. You know, if you put championship games on weekends, then someone else comes off the weekend. You might have less T20s on weekends. Some people like their T20s on weekends because it means they can get there easier. It means they don't have to rush rush there from work. It means it means they can get there at all because often people can't get there on week weekdays because they can't get there from work. You know that sort of thing. So, if you if you solve one problem, I always think if you solve one problem with the fixtures, you'll probably just create another. Um, so, but yeah, it's. I, I sympathise with people's frustrations, mm. for sure. Um, because, yeah, we, we all want to see as much cricket as we can. Um, and when, you know, there's a, a, one other thing I was going to mention is there's a Sunday. Is it Sunday Sunday the 21st of August? There's four matches in the Royal London One Day Cup that day. And there's one the previous day. But I'm very confused as to why that can't be a full round of matches. Like, why is well, it only four on that Sunday? Another, you know, another ridiculous no thing with the, with the Royal London One Day Cup as well. The quarterfinals are on Friday, August the 26th. Mm. And then the semifinals are on Tuesday, August the 30th. Yeah. Which is one day after a bank holiday. <laughs> yeah. Now, call me stupid, but why don't you put cricket on, on days the when people can go and watch it? Like a bank holiday. There's no reason that those Royal London semis couldn't be on that, that Monday. And yeah. unless it's for the television, and we'll get on to Sky Sports in a minute, Mr. Ward. But if but the, the semis could stay the Tuesday, and you could then put the quarterfinals on the Saturday. You know, you could do that. That could yeah. be an alternative as well. Or you, you could know. put the quarterfinals on the Saturday, and the semifinals on the Monday. Mm. They did listen, though, last uh, year. Three-day break last year between the quarters and the semis. I think there's been a two-day break in the past. 
So these people probably listened to that and said, oh, okay, we'll have a bigger break mm. this year. But in doing that, they've put the matches on well, suppose, inconvenient days. I think was, most people would prefer Saturday, Monday with a smaller break than Friday, yeah. Tuesday, and not be able to go to the games. So, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. If you've got, I fear it may be, may be an academic consideration for those of us who have Somerset followers. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to be very competitive in the Royal London oh, One Day Cup. Got, I don't know. We've got Renshaw and Siddle in that, if yeah. they're in that, and Ruin well, Thomas and Freeving. No, we'll if see. we've contracted a player, does that? If we've contracted an overseas player, does that mean they are completely unable to go to the hundred? No, no. the hundred can't just pinch who they want, can they? If we've got a guy contracted, I think well, they can. I, I think there's almost certainly something in their contract which allowed them, which will allow them to play in the hundred if if they're yeah. required to. I'd be very, very surprised. I don't. I can't see Peter Silver, especially, um, who's you know, who's doing so well in the Big Bash at the moment. You know, he'd be a, be a prime pick for for the hundred. He, he won't give that away. I'd be very surprised if we see Renshaw and Siddle featuring in the Royal London One Day Cup, which you know, which I don't think is. I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. It's good to see the young youngsters be given a chance. But you know, if you've got a county like Glamorgan that don't give their youngsters a, cl- a chance and effectively uh, and don't lose many players to, to the 100 and are playing almost a full-strength side, then it's going to be very tough for us to uh, to do well in that. I'll keep the Not to say that it won't be fame. very enjoyable, though. I really, oh, enjoyed, I really enjoyed it last year. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, it, was, it was good to see the, you know, the youngsters being given the chance on, on, a, on a big stage. Ian Ward didn't, though. Did you see what he uh, said about the Royal London One Day Cup on the latest Sky Sports? No, I didn't. Uh, uh, nobody goes to watch the Royal London One Day Cup. He was uh, so the basic point was um, Ath- Mike Atherton said he um, put over his point of how he'd schedule the English season, having the the, the fifty over cup at the start, and then a bit of Championship cricket, and then etc. 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 Um, have a look. Have a look on the at Somerset podcast Twitter feed if you want to. Well, well, I think I think actually having the fifty over competition at the start is not a bad idea, as per the old Benson and Edges. Absolutely, which was always the first competition of the season. Mike Affer doesn't have a lot of bad ideas from my uh, knowledge, no, uh, from my yeah. experience listening to him. Um, but yeah, and then Ian Ward just wanted to say, oh well. Uh, the, all the one day cricket these days is played in the 2020 mode why do we need to play 50 over cricket nobody watches it and nobody goes to the ground to watch it to it I fired up Adobe Premiere Pro and then spliced the video I took of a packed Taunton on a Tuesday <coughs> afternoon standing uh, as one to uh, applaud George Bartlett after he um, scored that magnificent 100 and then I think me and uh, me Dan and uh, it was Simon Hancock got a bit of a yeah. uh, we were trying to remember all the games that we went to and Yorkshire was sold out we couldn't quite remember it if it was Covid regulations or not but that was on a Sunday that game a few people left because it, it was rain delayed um, and we didn't have but even, even Dar- Derbyshire there was a good crowd for that you know it was, fantastic. It was great yeah. great atmosphere put cricket on it's a nice day people will go and watch it so yeah. Ian Ward, Ian Ward is joining uh, Tom Curran, Gareth Batty, and Alex Wharf on my list. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I should have. I should have prepared a prop for my list, but I'll. I'll do one for next time. Um, right. Let's have a look. Quick look at what Steve's uh, written us from his uh, from his sick bed. Just one quick point. You said about you know put cricket on and 
if it's sunny people will watch mm. that to me is a reason for having a lot of cricket because a lot of people want to cut the amount of county cricket but the problem with that is you then reduce the chance of it being played on a nice day because you know the, yeah. our weather is rubbish we need to have a a lot of games so there's some level of insurance against rain mm-hmm. um and that's across all formats you know i, I know in the championship last year two two rounds were completely destroyed so if you reduce the season to 12 games or 10 games, you might actually be reducing it to eight games. You know, it's we've got to have a lot of cricket. There's a reason there's a lot of cricket because, yeah, and also the other reason is because the the, the cricket that, that is on is often scheduled badly and not a weekend, so yeah, <laughs> people can't exactly. go to it a lot of times. So. I, don't, I don't buy this argument that there's too much cricket. You know, back, back in the late 60s, 70s and, and 80s, Counties would play start county championship match, three day championship match on a Saturday, 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 Sunday they go and play a Sunday league match, Monday, Tuesday championship, Wednesday another three day match would start, and so on, and then Saturday, and so it would go on, and they'd be playing seven days a week in in very many cases. It didn't seem to do them much harm, and and spectators got really good value for for their membership. So, so this, all this talk about we've got to play less less cricket and have fewer counties and, and all the rest of it, I don't buy at all. I think there's a happy medium to be had there. And I think one of the arguments for me against reducing the number of counties and go not whether you go with a franchise model or you just you amalgamate some of the smaller counties is if you're trying to broaden the reach of the game, potentially you would want to get everybody playing cricket and you would get so many talented cricketers up playing that you would potentially want to go to 20 first class counties and then 22 mm-hmm. and then maybe 24 I mean nobody's saying that England are rubbish at football because we've got what was it 96 teams in the football league and however many sort of semi-pro teams there surely the more professional teams you have if they can support the standard of professional cricket which is the key to the point that I'm making here to grow the game more players more counties not particularly and you have, yeah. have the I'm not sure about more well. I think I think 18 is about right no what I'm saying is if, if we have you know and, if we have yeah. a surge of the, players if we have you know in the ideal world yeah I mean when Durham joined joined the county championship in whenever it was 1993 I think yeah yeah I mean that you know that that was that was great it was a real uh, real step forward but you know you you, I I think if you're going to have more counties you would need to have probably more divisions as well so so that oh yeah definitely but I think it's I mean you you know something to aspire to Devon Devon would be Devon would be one of the first I suspect no Devon have got no ambition Oh, no, well, it's, it's good cricketers, though. It's, I mean, half the Somerset side. Half the Somerset team, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's Devon are um, sort of no aspirations to become a first-class county. Um, I expect Cornwall have. Yeah, they'd have Lewis Goldsworthy. Um, <laughs> any more? Take Nibby, Lewis Take Nibby, yeah. Oh, anything more on these these fixtures? Then I mean, I think yeah. I mean, we can just lament mm-hmm. the lack of. I think the the only other thing I'd say is that you know the Southern Group in the blast looks pretty pretty daunting yes, as as per usual. You know, we produce yeah. 
Southern Group produced all four semi-finalists last year, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case yeah, again. It, it we, looks pretty tough. Have we dodged playing Sussex twice again? I think we have. We do, yeah. Sussex yeah. and Middlesex, we've got once each. We've got Middlesex at Lord, so that'd be a good way again. last year, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it yeah, generally absolutely. does stay the same. It used it used to be Essex and Middlesex that we used to miss. Um, now it's changed to Sussex and Middlesex. Um, it, it changed for all the counties, or most of the counties, for last season. I don't know why, but... Uh, it did. So I just I mentioned about the. Sorry, go on. Well, no, go, go on, Dan. Yeah. I was just going to mention about the women's fixtures. Um, there's two. I think it's two matches at Taunton. Yeah. Uh, was it three? Uh, so there's a Charlotte Edwards Cup game at Taunton. Um, that is on the 29th of May. Yeah, that's double also... headers with the Essex T20. It is. Yes, yeah, so that should be a good day. And then there's also Sunday 11th of September. There's a 50 over game. Against Northern Diamonds. Yeah. Uh, also good to see Western Storm returning to Cheltenham this year um, for one match. Uh, there's a couple of games at Bristol, uh, one game at Cardiff, I think. Um, so yeah, but broadly the women's fixtures are the the structure is the same um, of both the tournaments. Although the Charlotte Edwards Cup is in one block um, at the start of the season this year. I'm guessing that's to get England players playing um, mm -hmm. in that tournament because they'll be prioritising T20 now with the World T20 uh, for women next year, I think. Um, so that's yeah. The Shirebs Cup should be a good occasion because, as I said, if the, with the England players playing, should be quite high quality. And then the uh, yeah, so a couple of um, couple of Western Storm games at all. Yes, yeah, you're right, Dan. They're sort of spread. I think they got a couple at each venue, haven't they? Two at Cheltenham, two at Cardiff, two at Bristol, and two two down with us. Yeah. Um, who we who we got in the Royal Under One Day Cup? We got Essex, um, Knots again. Gloucester or away on Sunday the 7th of August should be a good one. Uh, we've got Durham at home, thankfully. Uh, Leicester again. Middlesex is a new one. Surrey again. And Sussex. And I almost forgot. Thursday 21st of April. Surrey versus Somerset. Are we finally, finally going to see Overton versus <laughs> Overton? Yeah. After being teased teased last year with with uh, rain and, and Lord knows what else. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. We know we know what's going to happen. It should be good. Uh, yeah, Craig uh, Craig um, popped into the county ground. He, um, he brought his dog down and, and something else. So he could have been f long off the plane. And uh, I bet. Um was he in a good mood? Well, he was kind of, he was sort of, I don't know if he knew that the members' day was on because he, he must have parked in the Priory, um, Priory Bridge car park and he was walking sort of in front of the Andy Caddick Pavilion, I don't know where, and then he was just sort of greeted by a, a surge of members going, oh, look, it's Craig Overton. So he just kind of sort of put his cap down and, just sort, of, and, and sort of sort of ploughed on through. So, uh, yeah. I he was treated badly, though. He should have been played in that last test match, shouldn't he? Oh, I mean, you know, Robinson wasn't fit. You know, yeah, and, and and Overton would have done well on that pitch as well. Yeah, he would have done. Why don't you have a quick chat about the Ashes? <laughs> Very quick. Should we have a should we have a chat about the two Somerset players and their potential experience in the Ashes? We touched on Jack Leach's mistreatment, um, yeah. playing on the green top at the Gabba, and then not being selected at Adelaide when he should have been. Um, left a straight one. Where is it? Sydney left a straight one. Um, well, I don't think he let himself yeah. down. He didn't let the side down. You know, I mean, he, he he was he came under fire in the first test match, and that was entirely predictable. 
Um, but as I said, said I think I said after in the um, podcast we did after that testament, he, he would bounce back, and uh, and he did. But um, you know, Jack's problem always has been taking wickets on good pitches. It, on a on a turning pitch, you know, he'll bowl sides out. But he finds it much more difficult on on good pitches to to take wickets consistently because his his strength, which is his accuracy and persistency and consistency of line and so on, can become a weakness mm. on a good pitch when batsmen line him up. But uh, but he's been appallingly badly treated by by England. You know, to to throw him in at Brisbane after he hadn't played a Test match all summer, and then the fields that that were set for him in in by um, by Joe Root, it's I don't know. Yeah. If I was if I was Jack, Jack Leach, I'd be tempted to tell him to go and take a running jump. Oh yeah, as well as he's not going to develop that that skill set that you're talking about if he's not playing regular international cricket. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's bowling to batsmen who are who are going after him and not learning that not getting that experience and, and sort of learning on the job. Especially you know if you're if you're in and out of the team. You're you're almost sort of fearing for your place. You're not confident that you're the number one spinner. That you've got the, mm. the confidence of of the management and and the captain to to keep yeah. your place. So you've yeah. got funny again, Anthony. Are you going to come back on your on your own like you like you did last time? I've, all yeah. I've done is go and put the steak in the in the pan. I haven't touched anything. You haven't I've got just like a you haven't got like a Bluetooth a Bluetooth hob of you that's connected up to your yeah, we can. So. Well, you'll see it when I when I pop it up on YouTube. But you went you went back to your to your normal self on your own. So I'm just going to hope that uh, I'm going to hope that it does it by itself. I oh, will crack on then, right? So, yeah. anything more on the fixtures? Um, yes, one thing. Oh, go on then. Uh, the very exciting prospect of visiting Trafalgar Road Southport mm. for the yeah, Langston yeah. away match. I was really chuffed yeah. to see that. I love an outground, um, so I'm always on, on the lookout for them. And yeah, I was really happy to see see that a very unusual one. So, well, somewhere Somerset haven't played in a very long time. I think it was the, might have been the sixties or seventies. Somerset last played there. Um, so yeah, um, that'd be a, a good occasion. I think a lot of uh, a lot of members will make their way up mm-hmm. up for that one. Yeah, uh, not too much of a drive for Steve as well. That's up yeah. his, his neck of the woods. No, Right, sorry, I was going to try and. Uh... Yes, I'm, I'm, I shan't be sorry not to be going to Old Trafford, not because I don't. You know, it's 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 one of the least attractive grounds on the circuit. Used to be one of my favourites, but I don't like the um, redevelopment. Yeah, so uh, Southport away. Not sure what the commentary facilities would be like up there for you, Anthony. But hopefully, uh, well, I've hopefully... never seen cricket at Southport, and um, I've been to Southport to play golf, but but not. Um, not for cricket, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, book it in the diary there. Monday, July the 11th. Um, I presume that's because why would that one be at Southport actually? Just so they're using their out their outgrounds, or yeah, I think it's just they, 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 they do are, have they? Grounds, Lancashire, yeah. and yeah. They, they like to use them. Fair enough, that's, can't argue with that. Uh, right, uh, anything else on the fixtures? Oh, just a quick weird one. We've got two of the T20 quarterfinals are on. The same day, which is uh, Friday, July the eighth, because England are playing India in a, in a T twenty. So maybe I don't know how many pods Sky have got. Have they got a second pod? Uh, 
Back yeah, up, I don't know. There's, there's a test. No, sorry, a T20I yeah. the day before, and also the day after. So I've got a funny feeling one of them won't be televised, which would be a shame. That'd be annoying. But hey, yeah. it is what it is. It'll be. It'll probably be streamed anyway. So yeah, um, a bit probably a bit easier to watch if it isn't. If they aren't both on Sky, actually, one on uh, one on Sky and one on on your stream, right? About 25 minutes ago, I said we were going to just quickly uh, hear from Steve uh, via email. Um, yeah, he's uh, he says he's crashed out in bed and uh, hoping it passes quickly, whether it's... Right, Anthony's moved now. Is his camera going to go funny again? <laughs> I think it's all right. Anyway, uh, over the moon about Renshaw. Really impressed with him in the Big Bash. Seems to have matured a lot since 2018. Uh, he is obviously hoping to get a 16.4 contract, but if he's around otherwise till at least late August, that is a good thing. Yeah, they're both both confirmed to at least August, isn't it? So if their states give them uh, permission, they yeah. they could potentially stay on for the whole of the campaign. Steve's got to be away um, when they're due to play uh, Lancashire away, which uh, is unfortunate. And yeah. the final game being at Canterbury rather than Taunton were the first two things that jumped out. Uh, initially, I was angry at the thought of going to Kent and that dreadful service. But if we're with a shout, then I wonder how good it good it would feel to be celebrating there. I forgot that Steve hates Kent uh, as much as I hate Essex. And as for Siddle, yes, I need to get over his Essex pass. He's been stellar in the Big Bash and adopting my mantra of if you think you have enough seam bowlers, sign one more. Then it's a shrewd move, especially he was available in all three formats. He holds the yellow cap in the Big Bash at the moment and has skipped the Adelaide side on a late season surge, which leads them into the last four. So I'd hope he makes a big contribution in the T20s. You wonder if it signals the end of Jack Brooks, though. Given the arrival of Renshaw and Siddle, perhaps we should rename the T20 side as well as that Strikers, or perhaps is that the proposed name for the Taunton-based 16.4 franchise? Have a good one, guys. Uh, miss you all. Well, for starters, I don't think we are getting a a Taunton-based franchise. Well, definitely, definitely not this year. Um, no. And the hun the hundred fixtures weren't released this week as well, which is um, yeah, very very disappointing. I think yeah, I saw it's to give it give it a different news cycle or oh, something. A different and news cycle, yeah, right? So because yeah. I'm sure all those diehard, uh, uh, I've forgotten what half of them are called now. Birmingham, Southern, Southern, yeah. Southern Brave, Southern Brave, of course. Yeah, the long. Yeah, the diehard life, life Trent Rockets, Sun and Brave. Trent Rockets, yeah, Trent Rockets that's another one. Uh, Welsh um, Fire. Yeah, Welsh the, the, Welsh, fire. the Welsh Firemen. It's our um, local side. Our local. We all, we all identify <laughs> yes. with it. Welsh Fire till I die. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously nothing's come of the, the rumours that we might be getting a Southwest based franchise of the 100, which is an entirely good thing. And I think we can all agree uh, we're all very, very happy about that. Um, was there anything else I was uh, got to think of? It the everyone... both stands. Oh yes, know. the both. Yes, that. Oh, that was the bit of the. Um, sorry, uh, apologies to Sarah Trunks. Yeah, that was the one bit of the uh, trip that I missed out. So for social distancing, um, Sarah Trunks, who's the operations director uh, of Somerset County Cricket Club, um, was stood sort of. I think she must have been in the freezing cold for most of her. Three hour stint of giving uh, giving talks to the the various different groups going around, um, but yeah. So the Ian Botham stand is getting a new story built on top, basically, which um, is going to happen. Planning permission and finance 
permitting. Um, Sarah said it was going to cost about one and a half million to do. Pretty much the day after the last championship game is is finished at the end of the season. Because obviously they can't put trucks. The only way you can get to it. It's not like they were building the Triscothic stand because you've got the, the massive car park behind it to bring all the trucks and the and the. What's and it going to? Is it going to be more hospitality boxes then? Um, I think it's going to be more media, more toilets. Oh, we're going to move, they're going to move the media the other side. A new they? lift. I think they're going to have media at both. So all one right. of the um, constraints that's been preventing us from holding international matches as well as. Yeah, it's not just room. capacity is is media. They would have the media facilities at both ends of the ground. Yeah. So obviously, with when they built the the Trez Pavilion, when that was all designed back in probably two thousand fourteen, fifteen, that sort of time, live streaming was just a twinkle in young Ben Warren's yeah. eye. They um, didn't bother to consult. That was the trouble. The architect ruled it, and if they'd asked us what what we needed in the way, we'd have said, you know, far more room than we've been we've been given. Things haven't changed that much in the last seven, eight, eight years, whatever it is. But uh, I'm glad that you know it's it's something that needed doing. It's it's hopeless at the moment. The media facilities just get completely overwhelmed with the result that the written press are, are down in a marquee. Yeah. Down at Deep Third Man, you know, which is not the ideal place to watch the game. From. No, definitely not. So it's it's probably one of the worst places in the ground to watch it for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, um, yeah. So uh, more media, dedicated live streaming suite, um, a roof terrace similar to the Thatcher's terrace on the Triscothic stand. Um, it's just getting a, a lot of TLC, and that's going to start um, end of. This season, they're going to do the drainage on the outfield. They were putting this funny sort of sand on it while we were there. Um, the drainage in front of the Colin Atkinson Pavilion is going to get done after all the trucks have been going in and out or to do the renovations on the Botham stand. Um, no plans to put a permanent stand in Priory Bridge Road Car Park or Priory Avenue, whatever it's called. Um, that's uh, They like having the flexibility to kind of do what they need with that. Um, what else? What else? And that was pretty much it from that side of things from Sarah. Um, if you want to have a look at the plans for the Botham stand, I think they're in the Somerset County Gazette or something. Uh, one of the one of the local papers. So um, um, yeah, have a look. It look it looks pretty good. They kind of try and mirror the sort of the, the metallic chrome finish of the of the Tres Pavilion. So that all looks very good, very promising. Um, yeah. Bit of bit of money in for the ground. Um, and we've done just about an hour. Any more for anything else? I know your your steak is just about it's ready nearly for you, well. The steak's done. I'm just doing the tomatoes and the mushrooms now. Oh, it's <laughs> not fortunate, Anthony. The chips are in the oven. Oh, God. All this, all this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I, I. I feel much happier at the end of this week than I did at the beginning of it. Yeah, definitely. It really feels I was, like... I was a bit worried about the absence of news on, on signings. And I think, you know, Renshaw and Siddle, given the difficulty with signing overseas players at the moment, I think they're, they're, they're two good choices. And I think, you know, if, if the if the young batters with all that much talent are, get, are finally getting some proper coaching <laughs> and being taught to play how to play defensive, you know, the fact I was with Steve James yesterday, um, you know, Glamorgan and England yeah. score umpteen runs and writes for the Times. 
and he was saying the foundation of batting success is defence, and you've got to learn to defend on the front foot or the or the back foot, and that's what you know these young players, whether they're Somerset or England, are just not good at doing. You know, they're always trying trying to score runs. You've just got to accept sometimes that you've got to defend and defend and defend, and sooner or later you get your chance to to attack. But defence. Yeah. And that's been that's been the weakness with with our with our batsmen, and it applies to one or two of the more experienced ones mm-hmm. uh, as well. And I just hope that you know that uh, that can be the basis of a, a much better season with the bat for Somerset. Because if we can score the runs that we ought to be scoring with the bowling attack that we've got, we could be a real force this year. Absolutely. Oh, shall we quickly? Who are you picking for your first K Championship game? Then I'll go first. <laughs> Uh, right, let's see if I can count to 11 now. Lamanby, Renshaw, Abel. Hildreth. Yeah, well, oh, he's got to be. Wow. If, if, he's if still, he has a good pre season, Hildreth. If Hildreth doesn't have a storm in pre season, I'm 50 50 on Hildreth. No, you've got to play Hildreth. Do you, though? We're going to do another hour if we keep if we start talking about Hildreth. We'll put Hopper here. <laughs> Hildreth slash Bartlett. I'm sticking to my guns. Um, where am I up to now? Four. Uh, so four, five, six. One of those has got to be Davis. So I, I've basically got to go. Davis at six. Three. Yeah, Davis at six. So three are or two of Hildreth, Bartlett, and Goldsworthy. The two that have the best pre seasons at four and five. And then, yeah, yeah pretty much picks itself. Gregory, Overton, Siddle, Leach and Davey. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd, I'd, I'd Renshaw, Lamaby, Abel, Hildreth, and then Bartlett, or Goldsworthy, or Tom Banton. Oh, yeah, Banton as well. Yeah. So it's, you know, if Tom, if Tom Banton yeah. does well um, between now and the start, start of the season, you know, he's such a talented cricketer. I'd love to see him succeed uh, as a red ball cricketer. And But, you know... Mm-hmm. But on, uh, as things stand, I would say Bartlett's in the box seat for that. And, yeah. then, and then I agree with you, Davis, Gregory, Overton, David Leach, and, and Siddle. And I, I, I think that's a good side. Yeah, I'm just worried about the ones. I'm just worried about the ones that aren't <laughs> aren't going to get a game, you know. And how long they'll be content to play second eleven cricket? Well, do you think with a we got five games in? Oh, we miss. Yeah. That was another thing, just quickly nipping back to the fixtures, is although we, we have around 10 and 8 teams in each division now, you, they not, they aren't all playing every week in those first few weeks of the season. Which oh, we've got a week off. we got a week off. Yeah, week there off. There are 16 rounds for 14 games. Last year there were 15 rounds for 14 games. I'm not quite sure what's caused the need for 16 rounds. It's a bit confusing. Um, it means there are a lot of uneven rounds. In fact, there's only about five where every round, every team plays, I think. So it's a bit odd. Yeah, last I mean, I think everybody plays the last round, which starts on Monday, the September the twenty sixth. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Bob Willis as well, but we'll talk about that next time. Um, I don't know if they, there wasn't really an announcement that that's finished. Is it? No. I think it's been quietly... rumored for a while. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, very strange that not everybody's playing every week especially for the first sort of few weeks of the season when should be fit and raring to go uh we not doesn't look like we're going to be getting a warm-up fixture for either new zealand or south africa after we had ours had it taken away from us last year due to COVID, which is 
slightly unfair, I think. They're, play, they're playing warm-up fixtures against the County Select 11, aren't they? Or oh, an England they? Select 11. Yeah. 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 One of them might be a Taunton. We don't know. It might be, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, think, I think that's a good, that's a good idea. You know, and hopefully if we, if we give touring sides to this country a, a decent warm-up uh, programme, then it may be reciprocated next time we go to Australia. Well, I think we South. need to go on tour for long enough to have those warm-up games. They just seem to want to get yeah. in and get out and then wonder why they get pumped. It should, what, should have been 5-0, apart from you know a bit of rain at Sydney. It really should have been 5-0. But anyway, let's not get back to talking about the Ashes. No, again. we won't get back to that. We don't, don't want to no. Right, I think everybody's getting a bit bored listening to us now after we've rattled on for about an hour. Unless we've got anything super mega urgent. Should we no. call it a night? Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Well done, Shep. Quickly echo what uh, you said, Anthony. It feel feel completely a new man than uh, than how I felt on uh, Monday with uh, with uh, relation to to cricket. It just seems like all this good news has come at once, uh, and I put the the countdown in my phone. Where is it? I've got my countdown app going. This is great here, yeah. and it is seventy five days. 13 hours and whatever it is <laughs> to the county championship. It'll go slow. Keep looking at that. It will. It will go slow. Well, to be honest, I, I first time I used that app, I downloaded it in February 2020 and I put literally everything in for the summer and not, <laughs> not oh, I didn't get to go to a single bloody one of them. It was like domestic cricket, the league cricket, holiday uh, people are going to see it at the theatre anyway so let's hope that I've not cursed the season um, by firing up my countdown up again but uh, for uh, Dan and uh, Anthony uh, I'd say goodnight if you want to drop us a tweet we are at Somerset Podcast uh, we're at Somerset Podcast on all the socials and uh, if you want to drop us an email we are the Somerset Podcast at gmail.com uh, but we'll catch you next time when we probably who knows who the hell we'll sign in, in another month's time we'll probably half the domestics no maybe not okay all right good night guys <laughs>